Hello and welcome to Duke's Handbook, where we are now on a new schedule. Mondays are the advice episodes. Thursdays are going to be the Am I the Asshole episodes because upon request, uh, some people have said they'd rather it like that, and I'm okay with that. We got two episodes a week now, Monday advice, Thursday AITA, and uh, let's just go ahead and get into it. Hey, I hope you guys are all having a good day today, and we're going to start off with this one that says, my partner died, and I'm considering not telling his family I'm pregnant. I actually think it would benefit you to tell his family that you're pregnant with his kid. I mean, like, I'm sure they would be over the moon. Made a throwaway for this, but here's the situation. I, 26... Lost my partner, 35, of one year, unexpectedly a month ago. I found out I was pregnant the day before he died. I was planning a cute way of telling him, but it happened to... But it happened before I could. Though he knew I suspected. I knew he would have been happy about it, and we had previously discussed names. Now, here comes the problem. He has told me about some things in his family that there's no way in hell I'm exposing my baby to. His family don't see anything wrong with bringing their kids up in this. They, and I'm mostly thinking one person here, has a very strong personality and is manipulative in the extreme. They would not be against attempting to seize custody or call in CPS to get their way. I know this because they have done it before with another deceased relative's child. He himself was both a victim of this and later showed that side of himself to me. Essentially, I need to protect myself and my baby, so I'm considering just not making them aware of the baby's existence there would be a minimal chance of us ever crossing paths again as we live far away and I may be moving soon. My mother and stepdad would support me whatever I choose, but my father strongly thinks I'm in the wrong and would be doing a bad thing by not letting them have a relationship. I think I would be the asshole by not doing everything I can to protect my baby. Under these circumstances, only under these circumstances, because I know like if <clears throat> if the family wasn't like that to where they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, that's my son's baby. So it needs to be in our care, which it's your fucking baby, too. Right. Um, if the family wasn't like that, I'd be like, tell them I'm sure they would take you with open arms. And would love to have a relationship with your baby. However, um, given the circumstances, I would say that since you're far away and you'll probably never see them again 
and you're legitimately, it seems like you're legitimately concerned that they may seize custody of this child, I would say just don't even bother telling them. Mom and stepdad are like cool with helping you out with this. So I would say just you don't, don't tell them. I don't think you're the asshole for that, but I think maybe when the kid is 12 to 15 years old, that's when you tell them. Cause then at that point, the kid's able to choose who he wants to be with, which, or she wants to be with. And, um, obviously they're going to pick mom because they've been with mom the whole time. Uh, or maybe wait till they're 18 and then there's literally nothing they could do about it anyway. And tell, but don't let your kid grow up thinking like dad walked out. He's a piece of shit. Like just be like your father passed away shortly after I got pregnant with you and everything like that. And just leave it at that. Um, but other than that, no, I mean like I, I wouldn't tell him given the circumstances that it is. I wouldn't tell him personally. And you can just have a perfectly happy life with this per with this child that you created with a man that you were with before he passed away and just carry on those great memories and, and have a happy life without any drama whatsoever. So there's that. Hey, if you're listening or you're watching on YouTube, do me a huge favor, subscribe, like comment, share, whatever. It'd be absolutely fantastic to see who's coming and going and who's watching and who's, you know, doing their thing. So anyway, we'd love it if you just hit the subscribe and click that little notification bell. So this one's called, how do I take relationships and women off a pedestal? That's a difficult question and it definitely depends on your age and what you've gone through relationship wise, but we're about to find out what's going on here. Growing up, I was constantly bullied and told that I would never get a girlfriend. I always laughed it off, but deep down it hurt. As it would, dude. My parents were emotionally emotionally neglectful. They shouldn't have had kids. I was always left alone to my own devices. I set out in life to become perfect so that maybe I could be attractive or considered by a girl. I became an engineer saved money, got a house and a car, and stayed in very good shape. Things I got made fun of, such as my height and nose, I can't change without surgery, which I am considering at this point. Don't do that. I mean, like, if your nose is, like, that big of a deal, then go for it, but I I don't know if the height thing can be changed with surgery. I have had two relationships, and I became codependent in both. It was the first time I had any intimacy, sex, or feelings that a girl cared about me. It was magical. I am now single again and am focusing my entire life on getting a girl again. I work to be attractive. I go to the gym and eat an extremely restrictive diet to look my best. I bought new sports car, a new sports car to show my wealth. I can't shake the thought that getting a girl to like me and want to be with me is the most important thing. What can I do? Sounds like you need to work on yourself, my dude. Um, by that, I say, 
when you're working on yourself and you become comfortable with yourself and you love yourself, whether you've got the money, the house, the cars and all that other shit, like that's not going to fucking matter to a woman that it can actually see a confidence in you. And with that, what I'm saying is, um, it's hard to take women in relationships off of a pedestal. If you've been bullied and everything like that, your whole life, um, and your parents were like super distant, but what you can do is just don't even focus on that. Just focus on you building you and making you the best positive, the best possible person that you could be meditate. You know, you're already working out, you're doing that, that stuff. But, when I say focus on you, like you are your star player, you need to make it and you're already kind of there to where with or without a woman, you will be fine. Right. And just all you need to do is eliminate the factor of, I want the relationship. You want it. It's not a need. You don't need to be in a relationship. You just really fucking want it bad. And once you eliminate that, which which is just get some hobbies other than gym, strict diet, work, etc. Focus on that in yourself and you will become possibly the best possible person that you could be for anybody. And um, it'll just kind of fall onto your lap, you know. Uh, once once you're radiating that good positive energy, that good love in yourself outwards, um, it'll it'll just fall into your lap. This one's called "Should I Twenty Female Just Ghost My Family?" Now this is a quite a long one, but we're gonna just get through it and then I'll give my piece. Throwaway might be a long post. It is. Anyway. I've always had trouble setting boundaries. Can't afford therapy right now. I'm the first born in a first-gen immigrant household. My parents always had super high expectations of me and expected me to be a perfect example to my younger sister. For the longest time, I was expected to study medicine and become a doctor. I was never really given a choice. And to be fair, I didn't really think of doing anything else anyway. I was never really allowed to do things other kids were able to do, like hang out with friends, date, go to school parties, or whatever. As a result, I don't think I developed socially as much as I could have. I'll be honest and say I was pretty weird in high school and didn't really understand social norms or cues, so I didn't really fit in. I was also picked on a little bit, but I wouldn't say I was bullied or anything. Because of all this, I just became comfortable being at home and didn't have anything better to do than just studying. I developed social anxiety and agoraphobia. My home life was not great either. If I got anything less than perfect grades, I was ridiculed by my mother. If I was caught not studying, I would get beaten or have my devices taken away from me so I could be, couldn't be distracted. In quotes. But the problem was that if I got good grades, which I did regularly, then I was praised, celebrated, and felt loved. It may sound stupid and weak, but I associated my self worth with 
I associated my self-worth and love with my ability to get good grades. Fast forward to sixth form for any, sixth form uh, for any non-UK people. It's basically junior senior year, but separate from junior high school. I guess my brain just went into overload and I gained some sort of self-awareness. I realized that I didn't want to do medicine. I was depressed, barely had friends, and had severe social anxiety. It also did not help that I would just lay in bed all day, not really pay attention in class, and didn't really care about life. My grades dropped dramatically, which only made me feel worse about myself. I also had exams to do and get into me to get into medical school that I didn't study for, my own fault. Needless to say, I failed woefully. When my mother found out, she was more than mad. She said extremely hurtful things to me, but she was mad, so I guess it is what it is. After the things she said, I was really suicidal. My sister was really the only thing keeping me from keeping me going because I knew I couldn't leave her alone. I started smoking weed and just ditching school to hang out in parks to listen to music. Surprisingly, I actually got accepted into a good university to study a medicine-related subject. I was just happy to go to, u to a university so I could be away from home. I became slightly optimistic about being out of the house and maybe experiencing something new. University started, and I still had the same pattern. My depression and social anxiety had, had not gone away. And my mom would call me every day. Every? Every. That's too much. If I didn't answer, she would come all the way to the campus to see what I was up to. I had to tell her that I was up to every turn, up to every turn of the way. I don't know what that means. She wanted to know when I went out and what I was spending money on. And she would ask me really personal questions. She tried to have a, quote, friendly relationship with me, but I just felt annoyed by it. I have tried to let her know that I was annoyed by all of this and that it was stressful for me. But she would turn it back on herself and play victim. I felt trapped and suffocated. I also had undiagnosed ADHD and Asperger's at the time, so I really didn't know how to handle everything. I barely went to my classes, I know, I know, and just smoked weed and laid in bed days at a time. I often fantasized about self-harm, but never went through with it. Surprisingly, though, all this, I, through all this, I actually managed to make some really good friends. I don't like telling them, or anyone really, my problems because I don't want to burden anyone else with my shit. I wanted to drop out, but I would have had nowhere to go. I live in London with a super expensive, which is super expensive, so moving out wasn't an option. Anyway, summer came around and I had to go back home. It was hell. I just didn't want to live there anymore, but I didn't want to go back to university. I know how annoying I am right now. I'm sorry. 
I started working in an office over the summer to save up some money so hopefully I could move out or travel or something. I had planned to take a trip around Europe for the next couple of months with the money I had saved, about 8,000 pounds. I thought it would be rather better than going back to university. However, my mom had other plans for me. She talked me out of it and said to continue working since I am able to make a lot of money and use the money to get a mortgage or something. Her logic was that it would be better as a long-term investment rather than spending all the money that I am unlikely to get back as I get older. She got my father involved and they pretty much pressured me into agreeing. This was back in September and it's May. I am just tired, to be honest. I know you're probably reading this like, stop being a, such a dumb people pleaser and make a decision for yourself. You're 20 years old. And I know it's just, I, and I know, it's just I know my mom will be disappointed and hurt if I just up and leave. She has really bad anxiety, which has led to control issues. And I know the only way I can truly be free is if I go 100% no contact. I would feel guilty if I do that because I know how hurt she will be. So I wouldn't be able to enjoy myself regardless. She really emphasizes on my sister and I being her safe space. And I don't want to be selfish and just ruin that for her. I've always taken on the burden of keeping the peace in the household so as to not rock the boat. But I feel so exhausted. Sorry if this was long. But does anybody have any advice for me? You had a lot to get off your chest, so never apologize for that. I would say start setting boundaries with mom. Let her know we I don't need to talk to you every day. If we're if I'm living at home fine, but if you do decide to move out, you don't need to talk to mom every day. You definitely don't give her a spare key. Because she'll just be there when you get home from work. I personally say at 20 years old, you've saved up 8,000 pounds. That'll get you through Europe. No fucking problem. Go ahead and check it out, dude. Go out to Sweden, Norway. Check out Spain. Check out France, which you're close to. You're in London. You know, Ireland. You could even just go over to another part of the fucking island, dude, and check that out. Like, you're, you're able to, like, travel Europe which is most Americans dreams of doing and it costs us way more money than it's going to cost you ever but I would say I would say take the couple of months and backpack through Europe you know and and do that just be wary of where you're at and you know whatever you know whatever mom says it's like it's like I need to do you need to do this to find yourself is how I look at it. You need to do it to heal. You need to do it to have the life experiences. You need to do it to to learn how to converse with people outside of school, etc. I think it would very much benefit you to go ahead and just do the trip. And if you're making the good money at the job, let them know like, hey, I need to take two months to travel or a month to travel through Europe because you'll get through it quick. And, and can I have my job back when I get back? And if they say, yeah, go for it. If they say, no, you need to build up the PTO 
then just build up the PTO and do it a week or two at a time. But you definitely need to have those life experiences. Hey, if you've made it this far and you're on whatever you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, go ahead and give it a like, a follow, comment, share it with your friends if you've liked it this far. And we will keep on keeping on, I guess, as we as we move forward with the episode. Thank you for watching, listening, whatever you're doing, having me on in the background. Doesn't matter. Really appreciate it. This one is called I'm 29 and I'm spellbound by a woman. I'm a 29 year old man who has been single for six years. I've been working on myself and recently decided to put myself out there. I met a woman that is everything I could want in a partner. I feel like a teenager again. We've only been on two dates, but I'm completely smitten. She kissed me, she initiated, last night, and I was at such a loss for words that I thanked her after, thanked her after, real smooth, I know. All day today, I've been thinking about her. I'm so nervous that I've ruined it or will do so soon. I've never felt like this while I was casually dating and I don't know what to do. Pull back. Pull back a little bit. Just a little. Don't like cut yourself off, but pull back a little bit because I know that feeling of being single for so long and what it is is you were single for so long, you worked on yourself, you became awesome and then you know, the first woman to show you affection or whatever like that. I, I get it. I 100% get it. Just pull back a little bit and take it day by day. I know that I know exactly that feeling. So you just need to, you know, just ch chill on it. You know what I mean? That's it. Nothing crazy. Just rein it in. You know what I mean? Don't don't be off putting to her, but just rein in it, rein it in a little bit. This one is called must break up with long-term girlfriend and best friend. I don't know why you must, but we're about to find out. I've been with my girlfriend since high school and we're, we're out several years. It's been a long time. She is my best friend and I do love her, but unfortunately I don't think I can marry her. There are too many things that have happened that concern me about a future. And while these things may change, they also may not. Otherwise, I have not been able to dispel the red flags. I feel like every day I don't tell her this, I'm taking away her opportunity to heal. It gives me extreme anxiety and I won't be able to imagine a life right now without her, but I don't see this repairing or becoming sustainable. I should note here, in addition to our peppered past, she has some mental health issues that I can't deal, that I can't handle that well. And I know it will be a lifelong thing. Any insights? That, uh, that's a tough one. And I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't see a future with this woman, then don't waste both your guys' time. Because and I understand, like, she's got some mental health problems. You guys have a peppered past and whatever. 
And unless you sit down, I mean, sit down at first and have like a long, deep heart to heart conversation about this before you just go up uh, bye, bitch, you know, kick rocks, get the fuck out, you know, um, actually sit there and have a conversation about how you're feeling and bring it to the table. And if yelling ensues, just be like, okay, pause. We need to cool down and have this conversation at a later time or date. No more than a week out. And then come back to where you left off. But you need to like figure it out between the two of you about what's going on. Um, otherwise, you know, it, I mean, seven years is a long time. Several years, I said you said, is a long time. So I'm assuming you're around five, six years. Um, there's really nothing for me to gauge here, but it's a long time. It's a long piece out of your life. But if you guys have been together since high school, I'm assuming you guys are still young. So it's easy. It's better to just cut it young and then you're not wasting. It's better to waste the five years or whatever to where you're 23 and then wasting 13, 15, 20 years of your life and then being miserable in the process. You know, it's like my mom asked me, she goes, why do you like stay single so long? Why are you so picky? And it's uh, one, I'm so picky because I would rather be single and happy than in a relationship and miserable. So that's why I'm picky. And if you're in a relationship right now and you're and you're miserable and you don't see a future with it, I personally wouldn't wouldn't be sticking around. But that would also, again, need to be a conversation that you need to have with her. A heart-to-heart, face-to-face conversation about how you're feeling. And hopefully it can be resolved and everything like that. Because I'd hate to see a long-term relationship just end. So, good luck to you. And I hope I maybe helped you. So that'll do it for this episode. Um, Keep an eye out for Eagle in the Rue. Uh, where me and my Australian buddy, what am I doing? My Australian buddy and myself uh, just kind of talk about everything where we, I mean, politics, humidity, uh, humanity, freaking gaming, YouTube, different creators, stand-up comedy, whatever it is, we talk about it because we love that shit. And um, yeah, so go ahead again. Like, follow, sub, whatever you can do on whichever platform. Just like make sure you're keeping up to date with the podcast. And then uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. You have a good rest of your day.